There's nothing worse than being offered up a treatment plan that's not affordable and therefore you are making a decision between living longer or living within your means. And so one of our goals here, of course, always, and with everyone, and this is where health equity comes in again as a resounding chorus of, we have to make sure that everyone is on equal footing when they're making decisions about their treatment, their care plans, and living longer and living better. Welcome to another episode of Advocates in Action, a podcast created by the National Patient Advocate Foundation a nonprofit that develops initiatives promoting equitable access to affordable quality healthcare through policy action and partnerships. I'm your host, Ashley Freeman. Today, I'm honored to speak with my colleague, Rebecca Kirch, who is the Executive Vice President of Policy and Programs for the National Patient Advocate Foundation. During her time out of the office, she enjoys gardening and baking. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rebecca, to introduce this season where we are focused on highlighting the impact of financial and social needs navigation and how it is a major component to achieving health equity. Let's start this discussion with you sharing about why this topic is so important. Hi, Ashley. I'm so glad to talk with you about needs navigation because it's in, I think, our whole organization's head and heart. And certainly in mind, because we know that the power of what Patient Advocate Foundation has done to support patients and families for years who have often been the overlooked and forgotten among us is so significant and robust. And I think the opportunity we have to help those folks by the ones translate into policy solutions, what needs navigation can be for the many is what's a driver for all of us every day. I would say it gets us up in the morning, keeps us awake at night in terms of how can we make this a sustainable, available, inclusive opportunity for all people who need it. Yeah, for sure. And can you give us a little bit of a background on different initiatives and and research that our teams have done on this topic? I think the most significant contribution we've made in terms of projects and research is the direct services that Patient Advocate Foundation delivers to people because that's been the test lab to learn what are their unmet needs. And one of the most major aha moments for us was seeing the data about people's top concerns when they're diagnosed with a complex chronic condition of any kind, whether it's cancer, kidney disease, heart, lung, diabetes, their top concern when they find their way to us as they articulate it is avoiding financial distress. They see that as a fate worse than death in terms of worrying about what the costs of their care will do to their family's financial situation and their own. They characterize avoiding that kind of distress as a cost of care That research comes from us and survey work from our health services research colleagues. 63% say my top concern is worrying about money. And they make decisions based on money when, of course, we want everyone to have the opportunity to make care decisions based on quality. So we need to turn that around. The policy background that I bring to the picture with colleagues I think is a significant one to help turn it around from service delivery for a few 
to policy solutions that will help everybody. I love the wording of that, switching it from for few to helping everybody. And I think that's truly the power of policy being in place to make our services not needed anymore, right? That's our biggest goal with PAF is like, we would love to not have to do this work anymore. We would love for you to not be in these situations where you need to call us to provide solutions to these issues, to be the support system for people, because those support systems are already built in to the system that we're all navigating. You've got that exactly right, Ashley. I think the key opportunity we have in terms of making financial and social needs navigation, those services, part of mainstream medicine and mainstream quality care outside hospitals and clinics, because the care settings where people spend most of their time really are at home. In hospital parlance, we call that in the community, but what it really means is people get to be home and get the help they need where they want to be to avoid financial distress, worry, concern, and help them to heal. And I think that's the goal. The brass ring, if you will, is that we make ourselves unnecessary by building it into every aspect of healthcare and the health system to support people's equity principles, really, right? Is assess everybody for what we call the social determinants of health, but it's really your unmet needs based on what your complex chronic condition may have done to affect your landscape at home. That's what we really want to build a true safety net that doesn't have the holes in it that are so gaping that more fall through than get caught within. This whole season of this podcast, we'll be having conversations with people who are also passionate about this work and about this mission to really be in place long term, because we know sustainability and and longevity are a huge part of this as well. So for people who were new to learning about financial and social navigation, how would you explain it to them? It's a great question because, and it's one that the whole field that provides these services is grappling with. How do we best describe what these services are? The main thrust, I think, is there's a special core competency in financial and social needs services to identify very empathically where are people at in terms of what does their landscape, their personal lived experience look like? So identifying What's their situation now? What are their biggest worries that are associated with their disease that they can help meet? So the kind of services that they'll provide are the ones that are really necessary for people to have, like helping people to and through insurance enrollment, helping people to and through disability benefits application processes, helping them understand safety net resources and supports that are available from local community resources and or the federal government, SNAP for food security, housing and energy opportunity programs where there's assistance available, copay relief to help pay for medicines that are too expensive. There's this whole constellation of concerns people have with the quality of their living while they're working on getting better with their disease, that financial and social needs navigators are equipped to help tease out Because when you go to the clinic, you're always thinking about your disease and conditioned to talk only about your condition, not about that constellation of concerns that everybody has. And so 
that's a mouthful, even here as I describe it to you, Ashley, and I recognize that we have to fit it on a button for a campaign, really, to help make it a household name. But it's really helping to identify what people's greatest worries are, which often we already know from data are financial and making ends meet while they're dealing with a health condition. How can we help support them so that they heal and are healthy in their bodies, but also their wallets? so that this doesn't bankrupt or cause dire circumstances. And so we will work with patients and families to learn the right kind of language that describes the value so we can use those true lived experiences to describe what needs navigation is from the perspective of people who benefited from these services. Because I can sit here and give you a definition, but it might not really resonate with what people need. And what people would say. And that's what we want to focus on as sort of our first order of business in thinking about how can we advance this concept? What's a clear, crisp definition and description that everybody can use to understand it? I think the reason, Ashley, that it's kind of confusing is there's so many different words we use now. There's patient navigation. There's financial counselor, financial advocate, financial navigator, social worker. (laughs) caseworker, case manager, all those words mean some version of things that people don't yet get. And we've got to focus on how can we tease out the different competencies of these different roles so that there's a whole person care that tends to people's needs based on what they identify as their biggest worry that we can help support. I appreciate how you broke it down and and showed that it really encompasses so many different things, you know, and it depends on who you're talking to. And that is where equity comes in, right? Because it's not the same for each person. Your unmet needs are different from mine and from the next person. So how can we really build a collective that addresses all of those. So all of us have had that same chance for longevity of our lives and for a higher quality of life. So what role does PAF play in providing these financial and social needs and navigation so far? So there are two places where I would say that Patient Advocate Foundation is a crown jewel and the best kept secret. First is what we call internally case management services, which are these needs navigation services. We have this incredibly gifted cadre of staff based in Hampton, Virginia, but who handle phone calls from across the country for the people who are lucky enough to get referred to us. And I say lucky enough because we cannot reach all the people in need for the services we provide. And they help with financial assistance, They help with steering people to local resources, government programs, insurance coverage. They help with combating insurance denials or prior authorization denials or step therapy issues. Running the gamut of everything that's really hard and you want somebody at your side to advocate with you and for you, that's what case managers do. That's what needs navigation is about, that we want to be available for everyone in every care setting. So using that piece of PAF as a model, a test lab for the nation to sort of scale this opportunity. The second piece of the crown jewel is our copay relief program as an important opportunity to provide specific assistance as a charitable relief program for patients and families who cannot afford their medicines. 
And so those two together, plus direct assistance we may provide in certain circumstances for people who can't pay rent, can't pay their heating bill, those opportunities are helping us to gather information. Every story is a statistic with the tears wiped away. These stories that we're collecting and the data from these common themes of the challenges that patients and families face are significant. So each one of those cases that we've handled becomes the many solution of making needs navigation available for everybody. And we hope that can obviate then eventually the need for things like copay relief programs or other types of assistance that we're better making use of government and other safety net resources and programs by making the people who were built to benefit from them actually have equitable access to them. Yeah, for sure. And people are living longer. And how does the extended survival increase the need for financial and social navigation? And how does this need go beyond diagnosis and initial treatment? In terms of what we've seen with medical advances, helping people live longer lives, that's amazing. That's wonderful. That's something to be celebrated. But there's another side to that coin in terms of the challenges then people have with their financial well-being, because if they're living longer, their expenses will continue for longer. So when we think about what needs navigation can do, it's helping plan for that longer term of complex chronic conditions that could last for decades. And the opportunity we have for that proactive planning to make sure that all the resources available to help them stretch out their savings and their needs are at their disposal and part of what can help keep them whole because there's nothing worse than being offered up a treatment plan that's not affordable and therefore you are making a decision between living longer or living within your means. And so one of our goals here, of course, always, and with everyone, and this is where health equity comes in again as a resounding chorus of, we have to make sure that everyone is on equal footing when they ma they're making decisions about their treatment, their care plans, and living longer and living better, that it includes preventing any kind of financial ruin. And no matter where you are on the spectrum financially, your decision should be based on what's best for you, based on your medical condition and your circumstances, not based on your finances. So living longer is great as long as you can live well. If we're adding to the living longer, the worry about financial devastation, I'm not sure that that's something to celebrate for people. And so we need to do both. We can't have one without the other. Financial health, along with physical and emotional health. That's quality care. So far, who pays for financial and social navigation now, the way the, the system is set up? So the way that financial and social navigation happens now, in terms of who pays for it, it's charitably funded, philanthropically mm -hmm. funded across the board. There are some examples in government of programs where there's some version of this. When patient navigation was authorized in legislation now well more than a decade ago, there was small funds appropriated to pay for test programs. But what we haven't done is harnessed the power of what PAF together with coalition partners can do 
to explain this new need in the context of advancing health equity and addressing the social determinants of health that make disparities happen. So I think the opportunity to think about new payment in existing government programs by updating them to be inclusive and acknowledge that social determinants of health, they're not a new problem, but that they're a newly hot topic of policy discourse. That's opportunity for us to think about different payment structures so that we're not relying only on the goodness of strangers to fund piecemeal what needs to be a nationwide quality push to make systemic reform happen where financial and social needs are a priority alongside medical disease-directed needs. Because if you don't have both, people are going to fall off the treatment spectrum. They're not going to pursue care. They're going to cut their pills in half or stop taking them or stop treatment. Then we have poorer health outcomes, higher costs. Philanthropy alone can't fix this problem. We need to help the government see its role to step in and help pay. That's a big policy angle for us to be pursuing. You get to the root of those issues, those concrete steps on what the healthcare system can do in order to ensure that everyone has these resources ahead of time before it comes to to that moment when they are facing a serious illness. And now this bill is on your, your doorstep. What do you do in those moments? That's right. I know at cancer centers, for example, many of them are trying desperately to be able to fund as part of their operational funds a navigator within their cancer center because they recognize the key role. But when circumstances change, like in this pandemic, sadly, it's the first thing to get cut from the budget. The things that really so desperately matter to patients, but have to be low on the pole when you're making different cult decisions about where do we have to do our budget cuts. Same across the course of other illnesses. This needs navigation is an opportunity for us to bring all different diseases together, to advocate and build the public demand for this to be part of the embedded service as standard of practice for everybody. And I couldn't be more excited about this podcast season, but also the opportunity we have to work alongside incredible partners in financial advocacy, nurse navigation across the spectrum and some new partners who haven't necessarily been involved in this space, but really should be part of uh, the stakeholder bolus of support for building public demand. And that time is now because health equity is our priority as an organization. It's the priority of many others. We have this shared objective, again, of the head and the heart as I started with, and I can kind of close with that too. There are so many others with this shared objective that I couldn't be more excited about the partners we're going to cultivate and bring together around um, this common solution that's a darn good start to, to bigger problems that we have to sort of just meet head on. I'm Ashley Freeman, and thanks for listening to this episode of Advocates in Action. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated. We enjoy connecting with our listeners, so please visit our website at npaf.org slash podcast for show notes, resources, and ways to engage with us on social media. Thanks for listening.